5: Tuesday, May 19th, 2020, what would be the 95th birthday of Malcolm X. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend Kenneth Walker released on bail thanks to a black judge. We'll give you the details on that and the latest in that murder case. Donald Trump admits he's taking hydro- hydrochloroquine, the drug experts say could kill him. We'll talk to our own expert about that and why you should no way in hell listen to anything that he says. We'll also talk about, emergency, talk about empty emergency rooms. People who need to go to the emergency room aren't going because they're afraid of catching coronavirus. How safe is that? PPP, big issue. Black businesses can still qualify to get some of the federal bailout money. We'll talk about that with Operation Hope founder, John Hope Bryan. The NFL announces changes to enhance diversity in the league. We'll tell you what the plan is and what they didn't do. Yeah, no, no guts there. A review board in Miami finds the doctor, the black doctor, who was handcuffed outside of his home. The officer was justified, but they did say there were some issues with that officer. And yes, today's crazy-ass white person, also from Florida. Yeah, you can count on craziness. It's always in Florida. Plus, legendary Clark sisters are here for a chat and how to stay healthy and fit during this lockdown. It's time to bring the funk of Roller Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got
4: it whatever the miss he's on it whatever it is he's
5: Senator Rand Paul finally speaks out about the controversial shooting of former Louisville EMT Brianna Taylor, who was shot and killed by police during a no-knock search warrant that experts have heavily criticized. That took place, of course, in the month of March. Uh, not only that, of course, uh, you also have the changes being made there in Louisville and now the boyfriend of Brianna Taylor, the man who was charged with attempted murder, even though he was... Licensed to carry a weapon, and the fire of the cops who bust into the house, into the apartment with no knock. He's now out of jail because a black judge let him out. Joining us right now is Philip Bailey, the politics reporter for the Louisville Courier, the Courier Journal, journal in Louisville, uh, Kentucky. First and foremost, let's deal with uh, Kenneth Walker being, uh, being out. Uh, black judge in this particular case, that's surprising because it's rare that somebody's let out of jail for firing at police officers.
6: Right, Roland, I mean, Judge Olu Stevens, <clears throat> who had previously had uh, fights with the Commonwealth's attorney, Tom Wine, in the city of Louisville over uh, blacks being selected on juries, he was the one who really got the ball rolling on this. And you don't really see Judge Stevens get a lot of credit, but he's the one who allowed Kenneth Walker to be on home incarceration. Back in March, that infuriated the FOP They, you know, made a big noise about that. A lot of TV stations picked it up at the time and really focused more on Kenneth Walker being released. And there was very little coverage or talk or conversation about why Mr. Walker was even incarcerated in the first place. Breonna Taylor at that time was really an afterthought. I remember getting uh, into a conversation with a local council member here in Louisville and bringing that very issue up, which is that the story wasn't about the officer being shot and Kenneth Walker being released on home incarceration. It was... This accusation, that the police had barged in without announcing themselves and had shot this woman to ribbons, even though there were no drugs found uh, in her apartment as a part of that drug case. So certainly Judge Olu Stevens uh, has been maybe a forgotten character in this, but he has a history of clashing and standing up to both prosecutors and police in these past cases.
5: Uh, what has been the reaction from the Louisville Police Union or the police department?
6: Thus far, the police union I think has been relatively quiet since this story it has become a national story. They were certainly much more uh, vocal and talkative when the issue was Kenneth Walker being released on her incarceration. Thus far, you know, Chief Conrad hasn't said that much. He is supposed to testify before our City Council tomorrow at the Public Safety Committee hearing about you know the, the shooting and use of no-knock warrants. Well, warrants. Mayor Greg Fisher has made certain changes, announced certain policy changes, saying that. Oh, the police chief will have to sign off directly on no-knock warrants. But uh, rolling today we had a, a story out about Chief Conrad and the series of scandals he's faced. And the question that many council members who want him fired are asking is, why weren't these policies in place beforehand? Why did Brianna Taylor have to die in, for, in order for the, the mayor to say the police chief must look at and sign off on these orders before uh, seeking a no-knock search warrant? with a judge. And it, it, there's also, the, that's a question too. Judge Mary Shaw, who has been the judge who signed that no-knock warrant, questions are now coming to her why she signed it with such a boilerplate, search one language being put in there by narcotics detectives. So everyone is really uh, on their heels here in Louisville, Roland, as far as this shooting is concerned.
5: Uh, let's talk about uh, Senator Rand Paul now speaking out uh, on this. There are, two, there are two U.S. Senators there in Kentucky, Senator Rand Paul, Senator Mitch McConnell, um, what did Senator Rand Paul say? And have we heard anything from Mitch McConnell?
6: I've been pestering uh, Senator Rand Paul's office over the weekend about what they have to say about the Breonna Taylor case. Senator Paul, as you know, Roland, is certainly someone who's outspoken about libertarian issues, whether it's the Patriot Act, FISA court, et cetera. And my question to them was, well, what about this case here of the police uh, with very little information about Breonna Taylor uh, other than seeing one drug suspect leave her apartment two or three months ago, they came out with a statement exclusively to the Courier Journal where uh, Senator Paul says that no-knock warrants should be forbidden, uh, which was certainly some strong language from him. His office also points out that, look, in the past, Senator Paul has spoken out about militarization of local police. Uh, certainly there are those asking, why don't we see more Fourth Amendment advocates, more Second amendment advocates, especially here in a state like Kentucky, Roland, uh, speaking out about both Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend, uh, Kenneth Walker. Senator Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, last week did address a very short statement saying that he hopes this investigation, uh, a thorough investigation, is conducted, sharing his condolences. Uh, one of the only public officials who really spoke to the issue of race in this shooting was Congressman John Yarmouth, a Democrat out of Louisville, who is the Budget Committee chairman.
5: Well, it's quite interesting uh, to see the folks uh, who have not speaking out. Yesterday, again, I had the mayor on. He talked about the changes they have implemented. How have those those been received in the community?
6: Well, right now, there are some who say it's a bit of window dressing. As I said before, there are members of Metro Council who are asking why weren't these uh, policies put in place beforehand, right? I mean, no-knock warrants in the mix with stand-your-ground castle doctrine laws according to experts we've talked to, are just a recipe for disaster. You're basically pitting law enforcement against civilians. And one of those two things has to be rectified. There's a question now of why wasn't the SWAT team used or deployed uh, in this situation? They have a higher standard for deploying SWAT than they do these individual detectives. Uh, When you look at the warrant, again, Roland, when you look at the warrant in this investigation, Breonna Taylor is never mentioned doing anything in the warrant. The only reason her name comes up is because suspected drug dealer goes to her apartment and picks up some mail and leaves, and her car is seen outside of his home at one point. Brianna Walker is never accused or alleged in the warrant to touch any drugs, being seen around any drugs. And even the U.S. Postal Service inspector has now said publicly that there was no information or anything that would show uh, that there was suspicious mail going to her home. So the question on many people's minds is, when you talk to veteran narcotics officers like I have, veteran narcotics detectives, someone like Brown Taylor is a peripheral individual in this investigation. She should be someone who would at least do a search warrant, maybe in the middle of the day, if at all. You might just approach her at work or approach her at the grocery store and ask her what's going on. She certainly isn't someone who many think should be uh, susceptible to a no-knock warrant. So there certainly is an examination of that. Uh, the mayor is still under scrutiny for his bloodless response in many people's minds when he didn't even want to say, you know, Breonna Walker's, uh, Brianna Taylor's uh, service record. So there certainly is, you know, a lot of people on edge here. But with COVID-19 still going on, you don't hear about or see any large demonstrations or protests thus far.
7: Um,
5: Last uh, question. Obviously, as this thing moves forward, uh, people still have significant questions. Those officers involved, there were three officers, correct? Yes, uh, and again, they're on death duty, but they're still on the force and still being paid.
6: Yeah. yeah.
5: Well, that uh, certainly uh, explains a lot. Uh, we certainly appreciate it, Philip Bailey. Thank you so very much for joining us. roll. Thank you. All right, then, folks. Uh, we, again, uh, staying another story that we have been uh, focused on, uh, is that is the uh, uh, Ahmaud Arbery case. And what's interesting about that case uh, is that all of a sudden you're seeing these stories now talking about, oh, how Ammar Arbery uh, was involved, got arrested for shoplifting in 2017. But what sense did that make? Now, what's interesting is that there's also a video that's out that shows Amar Arbery being stopped by the cops and how they tried to tase him even though his arms were up. Really? That makes no sense there. Joining me right now is my panel, Kelly Bethea, communication strategist, Balak Abdul, Republican strategist, Mustafa Santiago Ali, former senior advisor for the environmental justice at the EPA. I'm going to start with you, Mustafa. Uh, what's interesting is, again, what you're now seeing is you're seeing the dance taking place. You're now seeing uh, the folks who are talking about, well, uh, the criminal record of Arbury. Arbery. We, we've seen this movie a thousand times where you want to associate 2017 with 2020.
8: Yeah, they want to smear his name. You know, they want to belittle him so that folks will not be as outraged at the murder that that took place. You know, the if, whether he had a shoplifting charge or case or not is irrelevant in relationship to the murder that happened and to what seems to be a cover up by the police there and their interactions with, you know, reaching out to one of the neighbors to say, you know, or telling them, you know, that you could talk to one of the neighbors who owned the property that he looked at and a number of other people actually looked at as well. So this is all about trying to weaken his character so that they can try and increase and enhance their case.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, and of course, uh, again, this video uh, has been, uh, you know, it's, it's been out, people, people are talking, uh pe- people are talking about it. Uh, uh the Guardian uh has the video. It also contains very strong language. Uh we're going to uh we're gonna show this we're gonna show this video uh in a second. to get folks uh thoughts on it. Uh Kelly, again, look, we can, we can expect this. Anything and everything dealing with Amar Arber is gonna come out in public because you're gonna see an effort to ta- try to tar and feather him. Simple as that.
9: Absolutely. No, absolutely for Anybody who knows how to argue or debate or anything like that, you know that the worst type of argument you can have when the cases aren't in your favor is to attack somebody's character, because frankly, that's all you have. And in this case, the facts are not in the favor of those who side with the murderers in this situation. Why? Because they actually had no grounds to do what they did. And it's evident that they had no grounds to do what they did because of the smear campaign that you see. You don't have any evidence of, of wrongdoing on the deceased. You don't have any evidence um, of direct criminal behavior such that a citizen's arrest needed to be made because it didn't happen. This was a lynching. Lynchings are illegal. And the only way that lynchings were even justified in the first place was was what I just said. They would smear somebody's character in order to justify something that frankly has no justification whatsoever. So I'm not surprised at the smear campaign. I'm not surprised at the mudslinging, but it is unfortunate that it is still going on and that this is still a tactic of, of debate because at the end of the day, wrong is wrong. And we have a, young man who is dead because of wrongdoing, plain and simple.
5: folk of the Guardian uh got a hold of this video. Let's go right to it. Here's my, go to my iPad, please.
10: I'm not asking you. Just don't reach the car, man. You can't have your Hands out your pocket. Yeah. Down. Warning, down. Stay on the ground. Just stay on the ground, okay? I'll work today? Just rapping, rapping in the park. Got gotcha. you. You got an ID on your men? I right, thanks, man. Grab it with you, okay? Why well, am I fucking with you? You wanna know why I'm fucking with you? Why? Keep your hand in your pocket. I ain't got shit on me. What the
5: fuck you fuck with
10: me for? I'll tell you why I'm here, man. Why? I'll tell you why I'm here because this area is known for drug activity. Drug? How the fuck I'm drug take when I work at Blue Beach? Back up. Check my shit. Back right? up. The fuck you talking about? You check want to back my fucking shit. Oh, boy. Turn around and put your hands on the car. Why? Turn around and put I your hands on the shit. car. Watch Turn, out, don't Turn around and put your, your hands, hands on the car. I'm checking you, you for no weapons. Reason. I'm checking you, you for checking. weapons. You got no reason to me, bro. I'm not searching you. I'm checking you for weapons, all right, man? You don't you have any warrants. I know, but you're coming up on me. you making me kind of nervous, OK?
11: You bothering me for nothing. You can't go in my
8: car.
10: You're not allowing me to search your car? You can't go in my seat. I'm not asking you.
0: Just don't you. reach the car, man. Hands out your pocket. Hands out your pocket. You your pocket. Down. Yeah.
10: Warning, down. Stay on the keep ground. Just stay on the ground, okay? Keep your hands out. No, keep I've your hands checked, I've already checked Listen him for weapons. Me. I've checked him for weapons. Okay. I'm trying to ease my mind. I'm rapping. i will okay. wrap, bro. Okay. i will I got you, man, but when you run up on me and you get really germ- jumpy, that's going to make me nervous, too. My day. I got one day off a week, one day, okay. one day off a week. I'm trying to chill on my day off, bro, I'm up I got early you. in the morning, trying to chill. He was very aggravating. Yeah, that was, I tried to tase him. You did try to tase him? Yeah. It got to the point
12: where you had to tase Well, him? it was, uh, I didn't realize he would already
5: padding down for weapons and he, I could see
11: there's like a wallet or something, yeah. and
5: I can yeah. see him going like that. And he had a big, heavy coat on, yeah. and he just <laughs> wasn't moving fast enough. Really, wow, Malik. So, dude already got in check. You ought to, have to pull your taser out. Luckily, it didn't it didn't work. Damn. And
11: the end of the the end of the video actually for most of us, should explain everything that preceded it. Because as the officer said, I didn't... I was about to tase him and... Well, actually, I was trying to tase him and then I realized no, no, that no. he had already he did, been searched. Oh, so he was tasing him because he... hello.
5: remember, he did tase him, it
11: just malfunctioned. Oh, yeah, right, right, yeah. It actually didn't work. So what we heard him admit to is that I didn't realize that he had already been searched. So if, he, if the taser had actually worked, then Ahmad would have been tased at that point for something, as the officer admitted, he, pro- he should not have done because he had already been searched. And so with him talking about a wallet or something in his pocket, I mean, it, yes, people are going to use this to justify... What happened with the mob? But the great thing is that we have the video, and that what we're seeing his involvement with the police has absolutely nothing to do with the with those two men who stopped and killed him. It has absolutely nothing to do with it. It wasn't even a police matter until, as it seems, the police decided to cover it up. So I'm wondering, after watching this video, whether or not because of that previous. That they had with Ahmad, that they tried to just cover this up and just assumed, took took word for word what the um, two gentlemen, two, what the two murderers said. This adds another level to it, but it in no way explains or justifies anything about what happened to Ahmad because his interaction with the police is totally different than his interaction with the people who ultimately murdered him. And what you're dealing totally with, different.
5: what you're dealing with here, of course, this is the same, Glen County Police Department that was involved in the case in 2020 that of course was 2017 so uh we again staying on top of this and we'll uh more details as we get them we'll certainly talk with you about that so but that's uh again you see what happens with cops you see how they react uh and in this case we certainly see what took place Uh, with Amar Arbery back in 2017. Folks, as of today, there are 1.56 million COVID-19 cases in the U.S., 91,582 people have died as a result. 361,000 people are recovering. Now, the economy continues to suffer, and cities across the country are reopening against the warnings from health experts. Then, of course, Donald Trump, as we talked about yesterday, announces uh, he is taking this particular unproven drug. Here's the craziness of that video.
0: And a lot of good things have come out about the hydroxy, a lot of good things have come out. And you'd be surprised at how many people are taking it, especially the frontline workers before you catch it. The frontline workers, many, many are taking it. I happen to be taking it. I happen to be taking it. Hydroxychloroquine? I'm, I'm taking I'm it. Hydroxychloroquine. Tor- when? when, when? Right that, now, when, yeah.
12: yeah
0: when- a couple of weeks ago, started taking it. Because I think it's good. I've heard a lot of good stories. And if it's not good, I'll tell you right. I'm not going to get hurt by it. It's been around for 40 years for malaria, for lupus, for other things. I take it. Frontline workers take it. A lot of doctors take it. Excuse me. A lot of doctors take it. I take it. You know, I hope to not be able to take it soon because you know I hope they come up with some answer. But I think people should be allowed to. I think for whatever it's worth, I take it. I was. Uh, I. I would have told you that three, four days ago, but we never had a chance because you never asked me the question. The White House Did the White House doctor recommend that you take that? Is that why you're taking it? Yeah, White you? House doctor I didn't recommend No, I asked him, what do you think? He said, well, if you'd like it. I said, yeah, I'd like it. I'd like to take it. A lot of people are taking it. A lot of frontline workers are taking hydroxychloroquine. A lot of front... I don't take it because, hey, people said, oh, maybe he owns the company. No, I don't own the company. You know what? I want the people of this nation... To feel good i don't want them being sick and there's a very good chance that this has an impact especially early on but you look at frontline workers you look at doctors and nurses a lot of them are taking it
5: yeah okay gotcha all right (laughs) joining me right now is dr sydney coupe internal medicine physician and founder and ceo of the coupe quality clinic in fort lauderdale florida doc here's i'm going to read this letter here White House released this letter, uh, memo uh, for Kaylee McEnany uh, from Sean P. Conley, uh, physician to the president, commander, U.S. Navy. As, as has been previously reported, two weeks ago, one of the president's support staff tested positive for COVID-19. The president is in very good health and has remained symptom-free. He receives regular COVID-19 testing, all negative to date. After numerous discussions he and I had regarding the evidence for and against the use of hydroxychloroquine we concluded the potential benefit from treatment outweighed the relative risk in consultation with our interagency partners and subject matter experts around the country i continue to monitor the myriad studies investigating potential covid 19 therapies and i anticipate employing the same shared medical decision making based on the evidence at hand in the future now first of all doc let's break it down nowhere in here does this doctor say he prescribed hydrochloroquine Nowhere in here. He dances around the subject uh, by saying, we concluded the potential benefit from treatment outweighed the relative risk. Two, nowhere are they saying, why would you take a drug if you don't have coronavirus? When the FDA has already issued a warning stating, the only only place people should be taking this drug are in hospitals. Are you buying this nonsense?
3: You know, Roland, um, by the way, thank you again for having me. And it's always a pleasure to come in and communicate with your audience, yourself, and and to provide some education. And, um, you know, these are real issues, and and that's impacting real people in our community. So let's let's get this uh, uh, cleared up. Number one, um, hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine is not indicated at this time for any treatment around coronavirus or COVID-19. That's the first thing that needs to be very clear. And I will repeat this. Hydroxychloroquine is not indicated to treat anything around the coronavirus or the COVID-19. Now, we do use hydroxychloroquine for many other diseases, you know, like malaria prophylaxis, right, or to treat malaria, um, as you all know, very familiar. Um, in addition, there's a lot of uh, rheumatic type of diseases that we treat, uh, we use hydroxychloroquine for. Um, for instance, uh, rheumatic uh, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, um, we use it for lupus, uh, you know, conditions that, that might even... Uh, you know, involve the skin. So there's some rheumatic conditions that involve the skin where um, hydroxychloroquine is, in, is effective for. So those are the conditions. So as I was listening to the audio, you know, it, it strikes me. I wonder, does Donald Trump have other conditions that he's taking the hydroxychloroquine for, right? Because, you know, I can tell you now that there's not a physician that would recommend the use of hydroxychloroquine to treat COVID-19. Especially, yeah. if, you, especially if you don't have yeah. it. Like, like who takes a drug just for the hell of it? Right, right. So I'll say this. I'll say this. So right right now, because we have the pressure and the demand of this pandemic, where people are dying, clearly, right? So we have a lot of people dying, and there's a race, a race for us and an urgency for us to find treatment and also eventually a vaccination. And so you have that urgency. But also, us in the scientific community, we also know the importance of having evidence-based medicine and evidence-based practice. So, you know what we're experiencing here in our society is this concept of we are now in a race of getting the right treatment or identifying what works and um, and avoiding to harm people. Number one, and number two, to see what's effective. So, when you think about drugs like hydroxychloroquine, we're using it in a hospital setting um, for experimental for, for for experimental purposes to see if it's working. Now, all of the observational studies around hydroxychloroquine is not promising, Roland. Um, so, so although in the beginning of this pandemic, we were using hydroxychloroquine, we were using azithromycin. In fact, you know, I just came back from the hospital. You know, I admitted a patient with, you know, a virus, uh, the COVID-19. And, and so we are treating it with, with all types of, of the experimental medications that were recommended. So hydroxychloroquine is not the only one. So there's azithromycin. And, and those who are even severely ill, where they are intubated, we try uh, uh, remdesivir, which is an antiviral medication for compassionate use. So, so I'm sharing all of this to say that, you know, we're in the medical community. We don't have the answers. We're still studying it. And, our, and, and as you heard about five days ago, uh, FDA just approved the first clinical trial for hydroxychloroquine to, to see whether it has any benefit at all. Um, so far, all of the observational studies have shown that there is no benefit. And we have to think about what, with, what are the benefits. So, for instance, number one, we got to make sure, does it keep people from getting sick? There's no evidence that shows that. Number two, does it get people better when you use it? it there's no evidence pointing to that. In fact, there's evidence showing otherwise.
5: So, for the, again, for the people out there, especially to our audience, do not listen to anything Trump has to say about this drug. Don't ask your doctor for it. Don't play games with this.
3: Yeah. And, you know, the, the other important thing is that when you think about conditions like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, those conditions run run rampant in our community. And, and I have to tell you, I have a lot of patients with those conditions that I use hydroxychloroquine for. And, um, you know, and these folks um, are appropriately being treated with that. But this medication is not without its risk you know obviously every medication has a side effect you know some minor ones that hydroxychloroquine can cause is is probably stomach discomfort nausea but even a uh, vision loss it can cause but the more severe ones is cardiac arrest that means the medication interferes with the electrical activity of your heart and cause you to have a cardiac arrest rolling so you certainly don't want to take that medication without a prescription or ad- being advised by a doctor. So, so that's something very important that we have to keep in mind.
5: All right, Dr. Sidney Coupe. Uh, we certainly appreciate it, sir. Thank you so very much.
3: You're welcome. My pleasure, Roland.
5: All right, go back to our panel here. Malik, do you actually believe Trump taking this drug? Really?
11: I, I mean, I'm not... I, I don't... I don't <laughs> know, people typically don't lie about drugs that they take. Well, so actually, Trump...
5: actually, typically, presidents don't lie, but this man lies a whole lot. Yeah, well, that's neither here nor there. Uh, no, not to... neither here nor there. He lies a whole lot. I mean, he
11: lies about mm-hmm. lies. Okay, and that's great, but I'm not going to question when someone says that they are taking a drug or they're not taking a drug, I'm not going to second-guess whether or not they're taking the drug. He says that he's taking the drug, so if he's taking the drug, I mean, he's taking the drug. That's. Uh, but m- the important thing about this, and I do agree that no one should listen to Donald Trump... No one should listen to me. No one should listen to you, nor Mustafa, nor the doctor that you had on. They should listen to their own doctor. When you're taking any medication, it doesn't matter what it is, don't listen to what the people on television says. Talk to your doctor. Any decision that you make about your health should be in in consultation with your doctor, not any of us. We can all have opinions on it, but at the end of the day, these are decisions that need to be made between you and your doctor, and if Donald Trump's doctor said that it makes sense for him to take hydroxychloroquine. Then okay, but I mean that's that's his decision.
5: I'll say I'll say this, Kelly. Listen to us before you listen to Donald Trump on anything, because this is a dude who lies about everything.
9: I mean, that's here and there, right? Um, but this kind of hits home for me, the, specifically the uh, hydroxychloroquine medicine. Um, because I have, uh, like the doctor said, I have a lot of family members who deal with the ailments that uh, hydroxychloroquine treats. Um, I have very close family members who have lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, um, skin conditions. Uh, like, it, it's not uncommon in the black community for us to have these ailments and for him to, 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 isolate this drug specifically to to further the cause of, oh, this is a cure for COVID, I mean, the conspiracy theorist in me, that's very small but still there, can't help but wonder if there's a reason for that because he could have chosen any drug. He could have chosen any drug to exploit. And it had to be the one that a lot of African-Americans and people of color use for ailments that are common within our respective communities. Um, He very well might actually take it for other purposes, It's not like there's a monolith on rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, and the like. I'm just saying who it affects the most, and it doesn't happen to be rich white men. That's all I'm saying.
5: Uh, Mustafa, it, 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 it they hear Trump just throw this sort of nonsense out there? I mean, game recognized game. You want to switch the subject. 91,000 Americans have died from this whole deal, and no one with any common sense No doctor's just going to give the president of the person who's occupying the White House, uh, occupying the White House, uh, experimental drug just for the hell of it. Yeah, okay, sure, dude. (laughs) So, so you're telling us you're taking this drug, but you won't release your taxes. All right, we got you,
8: right? (laughs) Especially this drug. We know that the president, you know, he's reckless with, with the tongue, we can say it that way. He also, you know, unfortunately, uh, just creates these scenarios and these situations as everybody else has been sharing that is impactful to real people in their real lives you know my sister has lupus when people started rushing out and getting this drug she had difficulty in, in actually being able to get it so the president just uh, needs to be more serious and more careful changing the narrative everybody knows that he's played a huge role and has a lot of responsibility in the numbers of lives that are being lost and we can unpack that anybody who ever wants to debate that fact. We can take it clear back to the beginning. So for him to continue down this road, you know, if he really wanted to change the narrative, do some things that are actually promoting good. Work with the Republicans on the Senate side to make sure the stimulus bills actually have what's needed in there to actually give the states and and, uh, local governments what they need. To be able to properly fight the epidemic that we find ourselves
5: in absolutely all right folks uh now of course we're we're seeing what's going on again around this country uh just all kind of craziness uh, and how people's health is being impacted what's happening of course when it comes to our businesses and that is an important issue here uh, because even though the economy even though states are slowly opening up the question is will The folks who work there, the people who actually visit these businesses, will they return? Joining us right now is John Hope Bryant. He is the founder of Operation Hope. John, glad to have you back. You posted a tweet earlier about that, about, look, it's one thing to say, sure, you're open for business, but will the customers return?
7: Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, bottom line is, and no one wants to say this, but uh, companies, shopping malls, major employers, minor employers... All afraid of being sued. <laughs> They're afraid that if they don't make a COVID-compliant environment where they where they can certify you're safe, that you're gonna come somebody's gonna come back and in, in work, get sick, and sue. So and no one we haven't had a pandemic in 120 years in the world, so nobody knows what the legal precedent for that is, and no one wants to have a law firm racking up hours trying to figure it out. And so, but as a result, everybody's like, "Look, stay at home and chill <laughs> until this is over." And, but that's not going to work either. So my guess is you're going to have COVID-compliant environments coming up here soon. You're going to have a criteria for COVID, COVID-19-compliant environments. And what does that mean? You're going to have a shopping mall saying sign this waiver. You can go shopping. Otherwise, I'm sorry. Uh, but that's, that's in the future. Yes. So th- th- there are issues. It's, it, it, as usual, it goes back to money, uh, why, uh, uh, why things are happening or not happening. Uh, we you know it's un- it's uncharted territory
5: you of course have been helping a number of uh, folks out there and navigate this whole PPP world uh, and uh, despite some saying oh my god you know uh you know you got to get in now the reality is there's money that's still there people are still applying for PPP loans and receiving it
7: yeah it's a hundred billion dollars plus sitting there right now uh, in the second tranche the first tranche went like that. Um, the second tranche, uh, there's, there's still 100 billion plus sitting there. Yeah, I just sent you a, a flyer rolling uh, uh, the SBA, myself, my friend T.I. We're doing a, a 100,000 uh, small, black small business strong conference call tomorrow, trying to get 100,000 black businesses. The only person who can get 100,000 of anybody in one place in the black community is you, and, and probably the federal government ask, offering free money. <laughs> so tomorrow uh, that happens. T.I. is using his voice to try to get us to apply. Now here's some startling numbers, according to a recent study I just saw today, only 12 percent of Black and Latino businesses that applied for this money got it. on, 12. 12 percent. Wow. A, a, st- a study I just I just read today. Now now just before everybody starts jumping up and down, getting and saying this is racism and all that kind of stuff, the, the game is played is changed, folks. This is not racism. This is classism, um, and. The problem here is that the the statistics that do, that sort of thwart that are my own. We've had forty seven thousand client engagements in the last six weeks rolling at Operation Hope, and of the black businesses that we've helped shepherd through this process for free, by the way, through our Hope Inside Coaching, uh, we've approved hundred percent of them. So, so if if the issue is just race, it should be you know we we, we got you know denial of eighty percent plus of our applications. What we have had to do is to be the financial coach, the financial business manager, for 96% of our businesses don't have any employees, my man.
5: Right, right. And, now, and, 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 that's, and that's the piece that people don't understand, that, yeah. that the latest number, that, that there are 2.6 million black-owned businesses, 2.5 million have one employee. Uh, and then yeah. when you talk about, and so the money that is being like, so in our case, okay, you guys helped us. We were able to get 38000 but the money can only be used towards payrolls. So the, right. so the issue is, so for instance, so uh, so the rent, uh, you talk about, and we talk about the payroll, that was only for people who are full-time employees. I've got half of my people are 1099. Yeah. So I could not put that 1099, those employees, in this because they had to be full-time employees. And so now yeah. imagine other black businesses, if they, if, they, if they have, quote, employees, but they're 1099s, then... You can't, they, they, don't, they don't count. Those are
7: all the different, you know, little things you have to understand about this. So, but 10 ones also equal 10. And by the way, I commend you, Roland, for getting your money. You didn't let anything set, 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 set between you and your paycheck. You got to make sure you had You got your money. Opera Show got our money. 100 Black Men's founder, Tommy Dorch got his money. My girl, Susan Taylor, of Cares, uh, National Cares Network, got her money. Uh, there's a whole bunch of folks that I'm, I, I don't have the liberty to mention their name, but these are household names who were confused, too. So don't feel bad, everybody out there. Everybody was confused, but they got clarity real quick when they when they realized there's real money on the other side. But here's here's the deal. Uh, yes, it's PPP, but it's also just a low-interest loan with no payments for a while. Go get that, too. They're giving the money away. It's less than 3%. Number three, if, even if you don't qualify for any of this, if you breathe in a mirror and walk, and you're a nonprofit, a church, or a small business, you get 10 grand. When's the last time the federal government gave you money? Or anybody, for that matter, gave you $10,000 or $1,000? Go get your money. Go apply for this thing. Number two, uh, uh, a 1099, company with 1099, they also, or uh, 1099 gig economy type businesses, uh, also qualify. So if you're an Uber driver, you also qualify. Also, the Earned Income Tax Credit. So if you make fifty-four thousand dollars a year uh, or less, and you got children, the government owes you a check, and it's retroactive for three years. So if you got ten grand from the federal government from PPP, the CARE Act. I'm sorry, another ten grand from EITC, another five grand because you got two people in the household plus a child from the individual money that came through. That's twenty-five thousand dollars in a in, in a month. We gotta be smart about this. Go get your money. That's the theme of this conversation today we got to stop the complaining. Yes, the website's going to crash. They they created the eighth largest bank in in America in two weeks. Of course, it's going to be a crap show. Of course, the website's going to crash. The phone line's going to be busy. The banker's not going to prioritize you because you thought a banker was was a teller at the bank branch. That's not your banker, okay? You need a private banker relationship or a relationship with a banker. And it's unfortunately probably too late to go get one in the middle of a crisis, but we can help you. Operation Oak can do it for free. We will be your bridge over troubled water. Go f- and, and everybody's running to the biggest banks trying to get PPP when they do do it. Well, those big banks have clients sitting there with millions of dollars on deposit. Right. Who do you think they're going to talk to first? Go to the, go to a little credit union that's SBA qualified. Go to a black-owned bank or a Latino-owned bank or a small community bank. I went to a little Southern bank in Tennessee. Uh, I, I got access to everybody, Roland. I went to a little Southern bank in Tennessee because there was no line. For their applications for PPP, we have got to get we start mastering this financial literacy game. That's the civil rights issue for the twenty first century. Well, financial
5: I, literacy, right? And that's why you know one of the things that, in terms of in terms of you know how I purposely want to use this platform, uh, is not spending our time with you know uh, you know uh, wo- woe is we, but like okay, how do we now get around this? The reality is this here: if you don't know, you can know. If you don't know. Line with people who do this, who that's their job to walk you through. And yes, it is going to take some time. It's gonna take some time putting your records together, getting your payroll information, all those different things. But if if I got if I if I'm sitting here and I got the opportunity to pick up 10, 15, 20, 30, 10,0, you got other businesses that are much larger because you can get the uh, the, the max is what 10 million? For, 10 million, yeah. for a business. Uh, yeah. and then it's like, I'm going to do that because it's about staying in business. And uh, and and look, you got to do what's right. Yeah. You got some people out there who've already pissed off the money or spent it on stupid stuff. But look, th- th- they, they, they are the exception, not the norm. Uh, but we've got to be able to buckle down and say, look, p- p- participate. You gotta be yes. in
7: the game. You, you Look, the most guaranteed way to get no money is not to apply. You'll miss 100% of the shots you don't take, okay? Hank Aaron has the record for the most home runs, but he also had the record for the most strikeouts, right? He's he swaying at that bat. We have got to get in this game and swing at this bat. Okay, here's our problem. We don't trust banks. We don't trust the government, okay? <laughs> and we don't have a, our back-end records in place, so this thing was like a Black Swan, no pun intended. It was a, as a, a Wall Street term. It was just a perfect storm of all bad things. But by the way, Roland, we're brilliant. Like, when the rules are published and the playing field is level, we kill it. I mean, we kill it in the F1 racing. We're killing it in, in golf, and tennis, not, not even our sports. Why can't we keep it, kill it in capitalism, free enterprise, entrepreneurship? The new civil, the, the, the best way to stop a bullet in our community is a job. Your viewers... Have got to become job creators. We have got to move from just civil rights to silver rights, a movement in the suites, not just the streets, about class and poverty. This new color, Roland, is green. It's not black or white. I just told you, 13% of some black businesses didn't get it. But 100 percent of black businesses that I talked to got it, and they got it from, from sources in many cases that were, you want to call it white banks. But, but, but they also got it from black banks. They got it from Latino banks. Uh, you know, Susan Taylor got hers from a black. Fintech. Uh, roll, uh, roll, uh, my mom, Tommy George got himself from a black, uh, a black-owned community bank. So I got mine from a mainstream Southern institution. Uh, for my nonprofit, I, I chose not to apply for my for-profit because I was a part of the design process for the program, and I thought it was unfair. But we had got to go get our money. We got to stop. We have got to master this game. I mean, we farm club kids in middle school and elementary school to football. Who's farm clubbing entrepreneurs? Who's farm clubbing farm clubbing you know, business owners? N- no one. Who's farm clubbing financial literacy? So of course we're, we are uh, at a disadvantage, but complaining about it, as you said, is not gonna do anything about it, but you end up broke and complaining about it. We have got to use this as free venture capital. As a friend of mine said to me, Roland, this is free 99.
5: Right, I mean, bottom line is this here. If you keep the people employed, you ain't gotta pay the money back,
7: and, and even your have employees. That's all. That's,
5: that's that's
7: that's probably that's 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 truly free money. Free ninety nine, and 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 Operation Hope. So so somebody's watching, going, well, what's the get? What's the, what's the, what's the hitch? Like, is John Bryan gonna hit me with a a fee for getting my money? No, is John Bryan gonna hit me for a fee for free c- credit counseling? No. In fact, I'll read. Not only will we help you get your money from the from the Care Act. We will do through our Hope Inside coaches. We'll give you, we'll help you restructure your mortgage, modify your credit cards, negotiate with your student loan, talk to your landlord, get you some, break, give you a break there. Uh, we're implementing a grant, which I don't have time to, we're not, I'm not going to talk about now. But we're doing many grants at Operation Hope in about two weeks for those who we provide coaching packages for. If you need two, three, four hundred dollars to make everything work, our coaches will be empowered to give a certain number of people grants that I'm paying for that. Operators paying for that ourselves. It's not ready to to, to to launch right now, so everybody don't bum rush our number, our call. I Saint John Brian said, "You got three hundred bucks for you." But my point is that we are wrapping a whole network of services around our community to give you that support you need to take away the excuses and the frustration. And we got relationships with the banks. So, so what what are we waiting for? Great point, John. Where can folks reach you? Oh, eight 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 three eight eight hope. Go online to, Hope, to Apple or Android uh, and download the Hope in Hand app, or just go to OperationHope.org and tell them John Hope Bryant sent you. We're in 22, are Martin. We're in 22 states and we are here to help. We've already served four million clients,
5: folks. You can't say you didn't get the information. That's why we do. No, you're what, not. <laughs> why we do what we do. Oh, hold up, I did. Somebody did send me a text. They said. Uh, ask John about the EIDL, Economic Injury Disaster Loan.
7: Yeah, it's a great program. That's, that's, that's the program. That's, the par- that's a parallel program to the PPP that's low interest and no payments for a while. And go get it. Go get that, too. Look, we, we've been complaining. This is what kills me, Roland. We've been whining and complaining forever. We can't get access to capital. We can't get loans. We can't get equity. We can't. Look, the government just gave you equity. If you have employees, the government just gave you equity. You don't pay it back. They get you. You want access to access the to to low cost debt. You want to act like you're a rich company. Go get this uh, this loan that he just described because it is it is like no. I mean it is giving money away. Two three percent interest, right? No payments. And by the way, Roland, you and I know this is this is, this is not over. America America's got racial problems. We got political problems. We can't agree on nothing. But one thing we know is not going to happen. America's not going broke. Because my when 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 when, Pope, when when this hit Pope people PO not P- we so PO we can't afford the OR PO when it hit Pope people it also hit my our rich friends the billionaires got to hit at the same time everybody got to hit so they getting their money don't worry about it this crisis is going to get solved they're going to probably throw another trillion and a half dollars before this is over at solving this and my job your job is help make sure that our folks get an allocation of that I'm calling for a new Marshall Plan. Tell us, viewer who just the person who just texted you, go apply for it. You should apply for every possible thing you can right now. Or as my daddy used to say, right now,
5: folks, uh, go to my iPad, please. Uh, again, there's going to be a uh, conversation uh, that will be live streamed. You see it right here. Uh, Ti, uh, Ashley Bell, SBA Regional Administrator, and John Ho Bryant. Uh, it's going to be live streamed at vekeocom forward slash small business administration forward slash. And so I will post this uh, on my Instagram page, my Facebook page and my Twitter page as well. Y'all check this out. It's taking place tomorrow. Uh, now, now here's the deal, y'all. So the live stream is tomorrow at 6 p.m. Now I'm live at 6 p.m. So y'all can watch me and then watch the replay. Yeah, watch the <laughs> All right. John O'Brien. We appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Love and light. All right, take care. Folks, got to go to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, the Miami Police Department releasing a report on the black man, the doctor, who was handcuffed. They said he was throwing out trash. We'll give the details when we come back. Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. Alright folks got an opportunity for you with the Seek, of course, black owned company, uh, Mary Spiel, the sister she designed, of course, is virtual reality uh, headset right here and also 4D 360 degree headphones. You get opportunity to get these with a discount. Uh, show it up, please. Here is the code that you can use if you're getting the Seek discount. Uh, the website is seek.com, c-e-e-k.com. Of course, this headset allows for you to watch uh, virtual reality uh on their site or other sites as well. That's VR. And then of course, uh, gamers can love this headset or headset, or you can listen to the music, hardwire, but also it is Bluetooth. So guys, come on, pull up the uh, the uh, lower third, please. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a there's a promo code that you can use uh to uh, to institute to be able to use this where is it guys come on what are y'all doing okay you're supposed to have this promo code Uh, and so again these are the headsets right here. I love the sound on these Uh, basically gives you this 360 degree sound uh, as you're using it and then of course what you do of course with the headset here just simply pop in uh, your uh, phone uh, right in here uh, and then you're able to uh, actually experience uh, their videos in virtual reality. It literally puts you in the room uh, to actually watch the video and so there's a promo code. Thank you. There we go. Please. The promo Code just simply put in RMVIP2020. RMVIP2020 if you want to get the headset or the headphones. And so that's what you can do to support the folks with seek.com. All right, folks, a a, Miami police officer was justified in handcuffing and detaining a black doctor outside of his home last month. That's according to an internal police investigation. But they did determine that the officer violated department rules by yelling at the doctor and not wearing a face mask. Now, this is the video that took place. Now, my police investigated uh, this officer for improper procedure for placing Henderson in handcuffs without cause, discourtesy for yelling at Henderson and pointing in his face, improper procedure for failing to wear protective face masks during the pandemic, and improper procedure, again, for failing to alert dispatch that he had conducted an investigative stop. Now, uh, Mustafa, was interesting about this? They say that the officer was in the right because he thought that this guy was... He was standing next to his van throwing out trash, Okay. Here's the problem I have with this. Why do you have to handcuff somebody to inquire as to what they're doing? I, that, that's why I don't understand. The officer pull. If you go to the play the video video here, officer pulls up, and he says, "Well, in the area they were dumping trash." First of all, he's coming from the opposite direction. How in the world can you ascertain what this guy is doing? Uh, and then, of course, as you see, he's talking to him and he's explaining to him, and the doctor's explaining like, wait a minute, here's the deal, why do you have, I-, I don't get this whole deal of you have to handcuff somebody in order to ask them questions.
8: It's a power dynamic. It always is a power dynamic in our communities and relationship to the police and to ourselves. It, it, com- it harkens back to the days of the Black Codes in the late 1800s, where they could literally snatch up Black men Um, say it was vagrancy or whatever particular thing that they wanted to trump up at that time, and it continues to play out in 2020. It's also an opportunity to continue to dehumanize folks and and just to let them know that, you know, we're going to keep you uh, in your place.
5: Uh, Malik, it's crazy. I I just don't get it. I don't understand. Like, if you play the video there, he's talking to them, and all of a sudden you can see an officer sort of gets pissed off, and then he puts him in handcuffs.
11: Yeah, I, I don't know that um, we had some sound there, but you know, as someone who lives in a community where they often illegally dump, and I know that people do patrol that. But as you said, it's impossible for him to know what the what this ge- um, gentleman was doing when he was coming from the opposite direction. But this is another example of where police should really practice some de-escalation. Unfortunately, this wasn't a situation where it was really out of control. The guy, he was very calm. And even when he put the cuffs on him, he was very calm about it. But the officer owed him that de-escalation. And it sounds like in all of those instances that the department named where the officer erred, they did everything but say that he was wrong for stopping him at the beginning. I mean, the fact that he didn't report it or some investigative stop. Yeah, that's that's in all likelihood, BS, but I'm glad this was a situation that ended up... But I still don't understand what it is that he was hoping to gain from that particular encounter, unless it was to harass the guy. I don't know what else, you you know, he's he's sitting there, he's in jeans, he has a mask on, he has a truck, he's in front of a house. I don't know what else the officer was expecting in that moment, but to harass him from the moment that he pulled up.
5: And Kelly, again, I mean, the whole point, look, I don't care who you are, you don't want to get slapped in handcuffs. Cops do this all the time, but it's always amazing how it involves black people slapping in handcuffs, now walking over to the car, now now talking to him. I mean, it's just... I mean, I'm sorry. You don't want to be dehumanized and slapping some handcuffs on you when all you're doing is putting stuff into your van. I
9: just... It is so frustrating for me to keep seeing videos like this, to, under, to know that in 2020, people still think that black skin, just by default is dangerous. You can't do anything in, in your skin that your white counterpart can do. Going to the bathroom, sleeping in your house, playing with a BB gun in a park, walking from a uh, 7-Eleven with Skittles and a sweet tea. Like, it is always something that triggers white supremacists and white people who have an affinity for whiteness, period. It always triggers something within them to dehumanize us just because we're darker than them. And it's disgusting to me how in 2020, we still have to say we are human too. We are like you too. We're no more or less dangerous than you. If anything, we're less dangerous than you based off of history. So again, for him to be handcuffed, for doing what he is just doing, like just living. It's absolutely disgusting. And again, I keep saying this on your show, and I'll reiterate it here. If you have a racial bias and you are in a client-facing position at work, such as a police officer, administration, anything that encounters human-to-human contact in any regard, and you have a racial bias, you don't need that job. There are plenty of professions and vocations out there that do not require human interaction, and we need them, too. But what we don't need is people dehumanizing us because you don't know what a human is. It's about time that you leave that position.
5: My mic still up.
9: You
5: there? It's commercial showing. Oh, okay. Contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year, you can make this possible. RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. You wanna check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. So a lot of y'all always asking me about terms some of the pocket squares that i wear now i don't know robbie don't have one on now i don't particularly like the white pocket squares i don't like even the silk ones and so i was reading gq magazine a number of years ago and i saw uh this guy who had this this pocket square here and it looks like a flower Uh, this is called a shibori pocket square this is how the japanese manipulate the fabric to create this sort of flower effect. So I'm going to take it out and then place it in my hand so you see what it looks like. And I said, man, this is pretty cool. And so I tracked down, the. it took me a year to find a company that did it. Uh, and so uh, they're about 47 different colors. And so I love them because, again, as men, we don't have many accessories to wear, so we don't have many options. Uh, and so this is really a pretty cool uh, pocket screen. And what I love about this here is you saw uh, when it's uh, in, in the pocket, you know, it gives you that flower effect like that but if i wanted to also unlike other because if i flip it and turn it over it actually gives me a different type of texture and so therefore it gives me a different look so there you go so uh, if you actually want to uh get one of these shibori pocket squares we have them in 47 different colors all you got to do is go to rollingthismartincom forward slash pocket squares so it's rollingthismartincom forward slash pocket squares. All you got to do is go to my website uh, and you can actually uh, get this. Now, for those of you who are members of our Bring the Funk fan club, there's a discount for you to get our pocket squares. That's why you also got to be a part of our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, And so that's what we want you to do. And so it's pretty cool. So if you want to jazz your look up, you can do that. In addition, uh, y'all see me with some of the Feather Pocket Squares. My sister, who is a designer, she actually makes these. They're all custom made. So when you also go to the website, you can also order one of the customized uh, Feather Pocket Squares uh, right there at rollinsmartin.com forward slash pocket squares. So please do so. And of course, it uh, goes to support the show. And again, if you're a Brina Funk fan club member, you get a discount. This is why you should join the fan club. What is wrong with these people who cannot wear a damn mask when they go into stores? I don't understand these people. Here is this idiot at a Costco. Watch this.
7: I just put you on my 3,000 follower Instagram feed, mostly local. Hi, everyone.
3: I work for Costco and I'm asking this member to put on a mask because that is our company policy. So either wear the mask. And
7: I'm not doing it because I woke up in a free country. Have a great day. So you're gonna take this card from me, stuff. Sir, have a great full day. Of stuff. You
3: are no longer welcome here in our warehouse. You need to leave. Thank you very here, much. Here, you
7: put it on. I'll give you my card. He's gonna take the card away, because he's a pussy little bitch. There he is, walking away with all my stuff. There he goes. Because I'm not a fucking sheep. I'll just put you on my 3,000 followers. I've Instagram got...
5: Issue. I've got no... Let me tell you something right now. I have no issue with these people uh who um blast these fools, who ignore these fools, who take the groceries back, who kick them out, because this shows you the level of pure ignorance and arrogance, Kelly, where uh I woke up in a free country like coronavirus is not real. Now here's the thing that's crazy. There's a sign outside most stores that say no shirt, no shoes, no service. No service. And your country ass put a shirt on, but now you trip tripping because of a mask. And there are places where they give you masks and they still say, no, nah, I'm not going to take it. Well, you know what? I'm a homeboy. Damn you and your card. Take the groceries. Y'all go, go somewhere else.
9: I... <laughs> the government is trying to save your life. These policies are in place to preserve your life. So the fact that you don't want your life saved is, is baffling to me. Like you, you want your guns, you want, you know, babies in terms of pro-life, but you don't want to take care of the babies. That's neither here nor there. You, you want all these things and, and uh, equated to freedom. I don't see how a face mask is restricting your freedom when it is giving you freedom to move about because, but for the mask, you can't move about. So the, the whole premise to me is just dumb. Like, these people are just dumb. I don't see how, how it is restrictive or anything of that nature. It's like the one time somebody tells you not to do something, that's when you throw a hissy fit. Whether it's for your own good or not. It, I, people are just dumb. I I don't have anything else to say other than that. Like, people are just dumb. If you don't want to wear a mask, there's Instacart. There are other delivery services that will drop it off at your doorstep with no human interaction whatsoever. But so long as you are in and out of the public and other people have to be around you, why not just do what's right and wear a mask? It's very, very simple. Yeah,
5: and they are just sitting here, Mustafa, just cussing folks out, yelling, screaming, acting the fool, because they simply asked you to wear a mask.
8: Well, you don't have an inherent right to put other people's lives in danger. There are laws on the books about folks who have, you know, communicable diseases and other things, and if they expose somebody to that, then they can be legally responsible. That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is that when people see... The leader of, uh, you know, the United States of America not wearing a mask. Uh, Many of the folks who are surrounding him who are part of his cabinet um, and the inner circle not wearing a mask. They think that it must be okay for me not to wear a mask. So, yes, there is personal responsibility. But the other part of the responsibility paradigm is that the leaders in your country should be showing a responsible way of addressing what's going on with COVID-19.
5: All right, so uh, before I go to Malik, I, I gotta show y'all, th- this is this is a really hilarious one. This is from a grocery store in California. Watch this.
12: Okay, so I need to talk to a manager because- I will
3: absolutely humbly go get a manager yeah. for you if you'd like to hang out with me for awesome. a moment. If not, we can provide you with one. I'm not wearing a mask. Okay, understood. Perfect. Now, just a moment and I'll re- go ahead. I'll
12: re- go ahead. Hi, I have a medical condition that I'm not allowed to wear a mask, and I'm not required by HIPAA rule, rules and regulations to okay. disclose that. Okay,
7: can we shop for you? So,
12: um, what does that look like? I have private things I want to get, but maybe shop, I don't want you, you to shop see.
0: For you, but I can't let you in the store without a mask.
12: Okay, so where's the regulations that state that?
2: The regulations? Yeah. Because that, that you're
12: discriminating against me now, do you know that? I'm, I'm, I'm you're discriminating you against, against me. I'm you that we can help you. No. Because I have okay. private, inf- I have private stuff okay. that I don't want okay. you to see. Yeah,
2: then you can call corporate office, but I can't help you.
12: Okay. Well, you guys can get a lawsuit, because you can't, you can't discriminate. Yes, I'm
10: trying to help you. But
2: I'm no, not you argue can't.
12: How, how is that, how is that helping when you're gonna do shopping for me? I'm gonna give you my bank information. I'm, I'm doing the best how do I'm I, you. how do I do the transaction?
2: Transactions will do for you.
12: No, you're, I'm gonna give you my credit card, my private credit card, sure. for you to go and take and pay <laughs> with my.
0: We're trying to help you. How's that helping me? Corporate I'm sorry. Okay, I need a card. Do you have a card for them? I sure can.
12: That'd yeah. be great. This is Shelly Lewis. I'm at um, Dana Point Gelson's. So, if anybody who, um, if anybody wants to shop here, you have to have a mask. And here is the the policies, which um, state that they will shop for me, take my my money, my private credit card. And um, utilize that. I'm gonna just let them go do that. So um, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. But you're pretty. You're pretty chipper. You're pretty be. chipper, huh? You're happy. Why not? Be? Why are you happy? Yeah.
3: Normally, I'm a bartender, and I wouldn't have a job yeah. not Abigail. Yeah.
12: Well, good. I mean, I'm glad you... All right. First of
5: all, now, now this idiot Malik is uh, this woman, Shelly. She's some flat-earther, anti-vaxxer, whatever the hell. So we already know she's nuts. Uh, She is a MAGA supporter, so she's nuts, too. Uh, But what's crazy about this whole deal is I have private things I don't want you to see. Um, Boo, it's a grocery store. So if you actually brought it to the counter they're gonna see it because they have to scan it. Then she says, no. then she says, no, I'm not giving you my, my private card. Um right. Boo, when you go to the counter, many times we hand the person our credit card to swipe. Right.
11: Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Hats off to... Once again, our frontline workers. Pass off, I was enjoying the guy. He said that I'm going to dance anyway. I don't care if you record right. it she or was not. and she's like, I'm why are you dance. happy?
5: Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm happy because your ignorant ass can't come into the store.
11: Yeah, and I will say this, is that, you know, it's, yeah, we could talk about Trump supporter or MAGA, and I will actually push back on Mustafa. I don't think this has anything to do with what the president of the United States does, and I can use my own community as an example of that, where people are not practicing social distancing, people are not um, wearing masks, and for the most part, I can pretty much assure you that none of the people that live in my neighborhood are concerned about Donald Trump up the street from my house, probably a 10-minute walk from my house, is the only supermarket in the district that serves um, a ward that ser- that's about 70 or so thousand people. And they had to put the National Guard at the door because people were saying that they weren't going to wear masks. So now, when you go up there to the store, it doesn't matter what time of the day, a national a member of the National Guard is actually sitting outside the store. But I think we should actually, I-, I think it's, um, it's important that we um, actually point out that they're not asking you to wear masks, masks with filters. You can have something covered in that. A cloth mask. Uh, you can yeah. have a bandana. But no, but yeah, see, that... but these people, I'm
5: not. I'm in America. now. it's freedom. is free, home of the brave. I don't care. That's I'm sure. wearing nothing. Let's like some spoiled-ass brats.
11: Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. And I've seen people actually do that, where they were told they couldn't come into the store, and they pulled a T-shirt over there, or they pulled something over their face. So this is not the... And I, I know the ultimate goal is to stop the spread of coronavirus, but the fact is is that many of the masks that people are wearing are already contaminated. The mask that I wear is not even a filtered mask, but it does give the appearance that I'm protecting myself from people who may have any type of comorbidities or things like that. So this again, you can put something over your face. You can put your t-shirt over your face. They just want you to wear um, something covering your face, and I imagine it's for liability purposes so that the store can say that we've implemented these policies and that we're having people adhere to these policies, but that, the, the woman and all of that that she was talking about, she didn't want them to get her credit card information that they would get anyway, and the nonsense, the utter nonsense of her saying that because she because of HIPAA laws and whatever her pre-existing condition is, that she's exempt from the requirement of wearing a mask because in any hospital she goes into with that pre-existing condition, they're going to have her wear a mask. So she sounds ridiculous.
5: Uh, These people are absolutely nuts. They're absolutely nuts. All right, folks, uh, let's talk to a couple of our next guests. Uh, that uh, you know, of course, uh, their music quite well. The legendary Clark sisters biopic that uh, aired on Lifetime was the highest rated movie of the year. You missed it? Mm, take a look.
9: I need this scripture. What's the scripture? God gives sunshine to the righteous.
13: Song. Yeah, me? Come on! I got a new song, but it's a secret. So that means you can't tell Mama, Jackie. Y'all act like I tell Mama everything. You, you do. do. Kiss my foot. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's the secret? hear it in the street all the time. You How can you not hear it? Can
9: uh, you sing that?
13: Yes, we can. Because we're going to be singing it to the Lord. All right. All right, yeah. So, y'all, repeat after me. Say
9: this. <laughs> you made my day. You made my day. Okay, y'all got it, y'all got it. Say, you came my way. You
13: came my way. Yes.
9: Say, you hurt me
13: every time I pray. You hurt me every time I pray.
5: They are now releasing new music with folks like Snoop Dogg and Jermaine Dupri. Joining me right now is Karen Clark Sheard and Dorinda Clark Cole of the Clark Sisters. What's up, you Glad to have both of you on the show. So tell me, um, it has has been quite an interesting ride. Were y'all shocked with the response folks had to this movie?
13: Yeah, well, I I mean, not really shocked, but because um, those that that followed us down through the years, especially those of us that that have been in the church, um, they kind of knew our story. But they never saw it laid out like it was on the um on on the film, so to actually see it all play the way it did, I mean, it was just I was crying with everybody else. You know, <laughs> that's uh, how how uh, shocked we were, and then we were shocked um, of the response that the you know the people gave us. It was just amazing. Karen? Yes, I, I was I was pretty shocked. Um, because uh, it was people that we actually um, didn't know that was aware of our music or knew of the Clark sisters. And um, we heard our friends saying, you know, our coworkers uh, was asking us, who are these Clark sisters? You know, the movie was great. So I was pretty shocked that it was even opened up outside to the outside world of the church. The thing I,
5: I, well, first of all, that night, of course, when it air, I mean, it was trending. It was crazy. Uh, people uh, had no idea about the backstory as well. And I think it was also great. It introduced uh, a whole new generation of people uh, to the Clark Sisters.
13: It did. It really did. And um, that was what we were really, really um, happy about because it was a whole new generation that uh, never knew the Clark Sisters. And it's like now the mamas are telling the the, uh, the the children about us, and so now the children know about us, and now they're going to tell their grandchildren about us. So it, it was really, um, it was amazing to see how it really played out that everybody was at home to see it, because, uh, Roland, if they had been, um, if we had been out, And and in the theaters, then they probably wouldn't have been able to. You know, we wouldn't been able to have those many people watching at one time. Karen, absolutely, I I agree. Um, Let me just say this: Thank you for having us, Roland Martin. Um, Yes, be on your show, and it's to me this was just like a another open door for us to tap into. Uh, another part of our ministry and to, um, to reach others or if we could give, um, another positive message to families, to mothers, to single mothers. My mother had a, she had divorced, but she continued to, uh, progress in the success of her career, um, with all five of us bringing us up on, on our own. So, uh, it just, it just tapped into ministering to a lot of, uh, a lot of um, different people, uh, different eras in life.
5: So, um, you talk about this, this new music um, uh, working on. And so people would say, really? Y'all still sitting here uh, playing around with me? <laughs> Snoop Dogg and Jermaine Dupree? I,
2: right.
13: <laughs> right. And you know what? It's it's so crazy that you said that because we thought that um, our career was kind of ending. Of course, Twinkie would say that now, um, but seeing that we had taken part in this project this time, of course, we've got to give a shout out to our nephew, J. Drew, who um, actually came up with this whole concept and said that, um, you know, I just want to have my mama and my aunties. I just want to do it just one time. And uh, just just see if we can, you know, pull this off. And he did a fantastic job. He connected with Snoop. He connected with Romaine. He connected with Warren and and then Rodney Jerkins. And uh, uh, the project is absolutely just amazing to me um, because we've been out here over 20-something years, Roland. And, you know, it's like, is our career ended yet?
5: Uh, (laughs) But but obviously, this movie has changed that. I, I would suspect... Uh, Karen, that uh, that y'all phone has been ringing off the hook, folks trying to book y'all, huh?
13: Already, Roland. I mean, they're like asking for tours and and people calling us. But so but but, but let's it. be clear, the
5: the, the the fee is also gone up too, right? Oh, oh
13: hey, you hey, you have officially been our manager right now.
5: <laughs> the fee has gone up. Let's be clear.
13: As- Absolutely. 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 I'm telling you. And so we're, I mean, we're ready as soon as things, you know, um, un- until God says it's time for for the world to open up, well, our part, our side of the world to open up. And of course, we're ready to to go out and continue to, I mean, it, to, to me, it's just a, like an open door to the next phase of our uh, career. So yeah, it is a blessing to I guess, upgrade everything. We're just going to have, and it's, it's going to be to a point where it'll be, you know, at a balanced area where we'll be able to tap in with everybody. Well, I mean, I, I
5: mean I, what I love about the fact is that, again, uh, a, a new generation gets to embrace uh, the music uh, and, again, people get to show their appreciation. And I think what the movie showed is that the audience says, yo, we still here. I mean, it reminds me of when uh, I about four or five years ago, Lionel Richie, he, he thought he had pretty much finished touring in the United States. I mean, he's huge overseas. Uh, then when he decides to put out uh, his album, Tuskegee, because somebody reminded him that he was a member of the, also the Country Music Academy. And all, mm-hmm. nearly every major country artist wanted to be on that album. Puts it out, yeah. shoots to number one on the country charts, uh, and, yeah. and he tours around the United States. And, and and we were texting, and he 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 said, "Roland, he said I just thought, you know what? It was just the rest of the world." He says that's why I, all these years I just stopped touring in the United States. But the public was like, "No, no, no, we still want to hear you sing the mm-hmm. hits." And he's and his his tour singing the hits has been now been going on. This is probably I think th- the third or fourth year. He even had a residency yeah. in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, and that, that and that you
13: know, know, that, really that, that happens a lot with. Um, you know, even with us, with us singing You Brought the Sunshine, um, because now we cannot leave the stage without singing that song, either that one or Is My Living in Vain. You know, if we don't sing our hit, they're going to throw eggs at us. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Can <I> go ahead? <laughs> yeah.
13: so, so, you know, you have that breath of, um, a breath of fresh air when you get like you said, a, a whole nother generation that is taking on to your music. And and thanks to uh, Mary J and, of course, Missy Elliott and then Queen Latifah for being the executive producers of our movie because now they actually see those that have not seen us sing, they saw the movie, so now they'll be able to see all of that. So it's bringing a, another breath of fresh air to it. Karen, go ahead yeah you know i actually uh while she was talking i thought about you know even the the next generation of the the younger people um where my daughter the age you know the 30 year olds and the 20 year olds and then you see the kids you know that that their mothers and their grandmothers are passing uh our name down to so yeah it it's it's uh when we thought that it was going to be over when we thought that Okay, our time is up. You know, it, it seems like, wow, this is a whole nother world that, that that people are are tapping into trying to figure us out or know who we are. So, uh, we, of course, we count that an honor. It, it's such an honor to do that. So, we're not gonna stop until God's, you know, say, oh, I guess we're gonna be old and gray singing You Brought the Sunshine.
5: <laughs> of course, absolutely. All right, we got some questions from our panelists. First up is Kelly.
9: I'm just so insanely tickled and giddy that I'm able to even talk to you all. Um, it is an honor. I have sung many of your songs in church and, and performed. I'm, I'm just beside myself. So thank you is what I'm trying to say. My question to you is, like, outside of, of this movie, really, what's next? or what, what do you want to do?
13: Well, this is Dorinda. I want to get a star.
5: Uh... Hollywood Walk of Fame.
13: I have a star on the, uh, out there in LA.
5: All right, Hollywood Walk of Fame. Okay, Karen. It's, it's overdue. It's
13: well, overdue. Well, Roland, you got a lot of clout. I believe you can help us out. <laughs> I,
5: know I, I know a couple of people. Petitions now. I know. I know. I know a couple of people.
13: Exactly. But yeah, that would be a a great honor. And then, of course, it would be something that, of course, what's happening now is something that my mother prayed for, that many people see how um, great of a woman she was and and how uh, progressive she was, even in the days where women, you know, wasn't supposed to be at her status then, back in those days. And to see how powerful she was, so that will be a great honor on her behalf, and and just her prayers that she prayed for us to succeed. You know, she had her gold record, and and just uh, I guess she prayed for us to get our platinum. So I, I'm just looking forward to that happening. <laughs>
8: uh,
5: Mustafa. Yeah, it's an
8: honor to be with you all. Uh, you know, I was raised in a family of Baptist and Pentecostal ministers and deacons and deaconesses, so you've been a, a part of my journey for a long time. So I'm curious. You guys have won numerous awards. Um, what, what, Which one math, sort of uh, touches you the most? Um, is it Grammys? Is it the James Cleveland Lifetime Achievement Award? Which one really resonates with you all?
13: Well, to me, I think the Grammys um, is kind of the highest that you can get for music. And so I always, uh, and, and, you know, we when we won those three Grammys, um, you, we won in all three categories. So that was really monumental for us because we had never, we were nominated, but we, you know, never had won until, you know, we were nominated for three categories. And so that's always an honor because, you know, that was our field. But rolling we are looking for everybody keeps keeps talking about these emmys and stuff so that's the next thing we're. oh yeah for. no
5: i mean it'll be it'll, it look i wouldn't be shocked me up for made for tv uh, movie so i think you're talking about emmy naacp image award uh i think yeah. all that's gonna be coming down the pipe Malik, what's what? your question is my lady oh hell uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. <laughs> no 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 what's what's your question I ain't trying to hear you sing, Malik. What's your question? If I got the clock... I got two clock
11: sisters and Malik. Trust me, I ain't picking you to sing. I don't care, Roland. I As bad as I can not sing, I will sing that song. No, to the rock you, no you, you can hum. That is... You can hum. Well, I, I... You know, it's so so much that we can say. As some, I'm from Mississippi. I grew up in the Koji community, Baptist community, so... You all are pretty much mainstays, have been mainstays in much of our lives. One of the questions that I really would like to know, and in fact, it's a question for both Karen and Dorinda, how did you, how did you ladies feel with Kiara's, the job that Kiara did? Because it was breathtaking. I mean, I think her performance was absolutely awesome. So I just wanted to get your take on, how did you think about, like, I'm sure you guys were uh, really proud of Kiara. Uh, oh my Karen, Karen, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually
13: um, was, I was teary-eyed. Um, of course, I was there uh, at the uh, set when she was performing and my eyes just bucked and I started crying like, okay, this is this is my daughter. She has another another gift inside of her that I didn't know so I thought she did a magnificent job. As a matter of fact, all the girls did a, a magnificent job and, of course, my daughter, she is, um, uh, she just, she inspires me, you know, even in my old age. So I'm just so godly proud of her. She did a great job. And, has, and let me just put this out there. You know, even while during her performance, she came and she asked me, she said, oh, mom, she said, how in the world did you all make it through, you know, all of this you all went through? Because she didn't know actually that we had went through all of this. And um, she, she said, I got a whole nother respect and appreciation. So that was very endearing, you know, to know that even um, our, uh, our daughters and our sons and nephews, you know, they saw that we, you know, went through our trials and tribulations and, and we set a path for her, you know, and for even the, the generation to come, you know, to, to make the way for them. And to know that you know that soon I will have to pass the baton, so that was just so endearing to to even hear her say that to give that respect. All
5: right, Dorinda.
13: Well, I th- um I, I was really uh, crying. Like I said, Uh um it was a whole lot of things that I was crying on again <laughs> because we had saw it before everybody seen it, but um this particular time, uh, of course. <coughs> the part when um, Kiara, of course, at the funeral, everybody talks about that part (laughs) at the funeral. And uh, when I saw Kiara go off on um, my sister Denise, I was like, "Uh, Kiara, that's exactly how your mama would do it. (laughs) (laughs) It was just... And and these girls, if I could say, these girls really played us. You would have thought that they walked with us during all of these scenes. I mean, they they watched the YouTube clips and got us down hey, It was just amazing to see that.
2: Yes.
5: Now, y- now y'all have met tons of people and you've come across some people, but is there anybody in particular that y'all heard from since the movie where y'all went?
13: Did they just call us? Right, 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 right. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Oh, it was so many people. I'm thinking of Jamie Foxx. Um, yeah. What's my girl's name? Lord have Taraji. mercy. That, that, that Tar- played in on Empire.
5: Taraji P. Taraji. Taraji. Oh
13: my Taraji. goodness! That right there. I mean, with her bad acting self, I mean <laughs> that just shocked me. You know, to even <laughs> see the response that she got, that we got from her, and I mean, just uh, people of their caliber. That was that was a shocker. It was a shocker. Dorinda? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was just, it was so many people. Of course, Snoop, and um, it was just, its a, it was a lot of people. I can't even remember, but I, all, like you said, that is exactly what we, did they just call us? Did you know, so, so, did you know what, did you know? That's the way we were the whole time, you know, during the movie, you know, or even right after the movie, so it was amazing. It really Whoa. was. Well,
5: look, uh, so certainly congratulations. Uh, we've, crossed, we've crossed paths many a times uh, at events on red carpets. Uh, yeah. And so all the love of y'all getting is certainly appreciated uh, and warranted. And so we're looking forward to the new music.
13: Thank you. Thank you Yes. Thank you.
5: All right. Thanks a bunch. We appreciate it. All right, all folks. Right. Uh, Got to go to break. We come back. Uh, we'll talk about the NFL, how they are uh, making some modifications to their Rooney Rule. 'Cause it don't look good for black coaches in the brown and black and brown coaches in the NFL. We'll explain that to Roller Martin Unfiltered. YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. Most NFL clubs today have adopted new procedures in diversity, equity, and inclusion. In, improving a res- in approving a resolution and other rules changes, league officials will implement wide-sweeping workplace reforms to increase employment opportunities and advancement for minorities and women across the league. In a statement, Pittsburgh Steelers owner and chairman of the Workplace Diversity Committee, Art Rooney, said, quote, we believe these new policies demonstrate the NFL owner's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion in the NFL. The development of young coaches and young executives is a key to our future. These steps will assure coaching and football personnel are afforded a fair and equitable opportunity to advance throughout our football operations. We also have taken important steps to ensure that our front offices, which represent our clubs in so many different ways, come to reflect the true diversity of our fans and our country. Hmm. Really? Joining me now is Jason Reed. He is the senior NFL writer for The Undefeated. Uh, Jason, uh, look, here's the deal. You got Eric you got Eric Benemy, offensive coordinator, Kansas City Chiefs. They win the Super Bowl, not hired anywhere to be a head coach. Glaring example. Uh, Ron Rivera, Latino, gets hired in Washington. He was already the coach in California. Didn't have any increase. The reality is, when people talk about the league and the owners, let's cut the crap. The league is the owners. They control everything. And so, if you want to say where does the buck stop, the fundamental issue, why you have not seen the kind of advancement, not only when it comes to black coaches, but also black executives and folks in other offices, it's because the owners have not made it happen.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Roland. And, and the reality of it is for all the changes and all the things that they are implementing with this new plan, the one thing that they need most is not an. Uh, an, an enforcement mechanism to say, hey, if you're not hiring these people, of these qualified people of color, then we're going to have to do some things about it. And there's no enforcement mechanism because these owners are not going to punish themselves. So you can implement all kind of changes. You can do different things and hope that it changes the culture. But at the end of the day, the ruling rule has been in place since 2003 that was supposed to change the culture. Did it help somewhat? Yes. But we're at a point right now where they have to make these sweeping changes because we're just not at a place where the NFL recognizes it needs to be.
5: Um, one of the things that uh, that was being talked about was this idea of giving moving people up in the draft if they actually hired uh, minority coaches. That di- that got tabled. It didn't go anywhere.
2: Well, it got tabled because the re- reaction, the blowback was was just fierce. African American coaches did not want to be put in a position where they would be looked at that they were just getting these jobs because of essentially an affirmative action program. And in twenty twenty the feeling was well why do why are we even at a point where this is something that you have to do? Now there's a discussion to be had about incentivizing doing the right thing, as, as as bad as that is, that we got to talk about that at this stage. There is a discussion about that, but the way they wanted to do it didn't make sense. And, and the other thing is, the biggest bump from that proposal would have occurred if a team hired a an, uh, an, uh, uh, general manager of color and a coach of color in the same hiring cycle. In the 100-year history of the NFL, that has happened one time. So wow. it just didn't make sense.
5: Wow, wow. Also, uh, one of the things is that, which was a big impediment, uh, they approved the resolution that uh, that uh, stopped teams from blocking assistant coaches from interviewing for coordinator positions as well as folks uh, interviewing for assistant general manager positions. I mean, that was a deal. I mean, all of a sudden you have, uh, you, like somebody wants to hire you for a better job and your team can block you.
2: Right, but but here's my thing about that, rule. I really would like to see some numbers on how often this was even something that came into play. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, this is almost like Putting up a no speeding sign where there's no road, it's it, if you remove impediments from something that owners didn't think was an impediment because they weren't going after these people after all. What have you really done?
5: Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, pretty interesting there. And again, what again? What I keep trying to get, see, the NFL has tried to. First of all, they fooled a lot of the public. They try to say the league office, and then you have the owners, the league office works for the owners, okay? Roger Goodell is not this separate entity out here. He doesn't have any Judge John Judge Landis power where he has absolute authority regardless of what uh, the owners say. For those of y'all who need to reference that, that's Major League Baseball, so go, go, go Google it. He doesn't have that. He works for the owners. If the owners tell him, Roger, stand down, Goodell
2: is standing down. Well, yeah, I mean, he's an employee. I mean, he's a a spectacularly compensated employee, but he's an employee. He doesn't have the power to tell the owners this is what we're going to do. And it took 24 votes just to get this stuff approved out of the 32 owners. Would you imagine what it would be like if you went to the owner and said, well, we're going to put some mechanism in place where if you don't hire people, qualify people of color, we're going to take draft picks away from you? No owner is going to vote for that. They're not going to punish themselves. He's an employee... The league office works for the owners. This this is a problem with ownership. That's the bottom line. Uh,
5: questions? Let me go to uh, Bellick first.
11: Yeah. So, um, what do you think as far as, and I know there was a, uh, it's a, probably about a, around the time that Jay Z got involved in it. Have you seen him have any um, hands in any of this or the efforts that they're taking? I know that the um, league itself, there was that Players League that they were focusing on things like social justice and stuff like that. But have you seen anything from Jay-Z's hire that maybe, persist, you know, precipitated this or kind of helped this move along?
2: Well, I don't know anything out there in the public. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. Jay-Z is someone who has a great deal of influence, and him joining forces with the NFL is something the NFL definitely wanted. So it wouldn't shock me if Jay-Z had had discussions you know, privately nudging people to in, in a certain direction, but I haven't heard of anything public, no.
5: Uh, he ain't got that much juice. Okay. Not with billionaire owners. Uh, Mustafa.
8: Yeah, so we know in 2003, we had the same amount of quarterback... Uh, not quarterbacks, excuse me, um, uh, black coaches as we do today. What is it that the fans can do to help to nudge or push folks in the right direction?
2: Well, that's a really good question. I, you know, I've, I have... I've had friends of mine who are lawyers told me that you know the the conduct of the owners is like almost conduct detrimental to the NFL. But the NFL is approaching twenty billion dollars in revenue. So when you talk about what can the fans do, I, I really don't know because as long as the revenue keeps coming in this way and there's nothing to their business model that they feel is threatening to them, then I don't know how fans can really affect change. Uh, Kelly.
9: So I understand. Um, both through this interview and through what I've read, that there have been policies in place to increase diversity. Obviously, uh, you just mentioned that that hasn't really happened. So with these new policies, what, what exactly needs to be in this new policy for diversity to actually uh, come to fruition? And is that uh, language, to your knowledge, anywhere in this new policy?
2: Well, I I think if you want to take an optimistic view of things, you could say that the fact that the league is going to allow more potentially uh, mobility for the assistant coaches, that the impediments in terms of contract language that kept them from interviewing for higher jobs, that that's going to be removed now. So if you want to look at it and be optimistic, you could say that, well, maybe there will be more diversity because – Owners and and executives from these teams will will reach out to more qualified, diverse candidates. But I I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, I think that we really need to see some significant change to say that these policies that they're implementing now are really going to make any any type of a difference.
5: Uh, Look, uh, the NFL knows they have egg on their face. They know it looks horrible. But let's just be real clear. The only way any of this changes is when the people who actually are making them that twenty billion, the players, actually rise up and say, "Enough is enough."
2: Yeah, and Roland, I I hear what you're saying, and I I think that that's that's valid. I I don't see that happening. Um, You know, the players, by and large, you know, they're they're focused on their situation. You know, the, the National Football Players Association is they don't have any jurisdiction over the coaches, so. It's kind of two separate things. you know. They're, they're not working together. So I, I don't see that happening. But I do agree with you. That could put a lot of pressure on the system. Absolutely. All right,
5: Jason Reed, senior NFL writer for The Undefeated. We surely appreciate it, man. Thanks a bunch.
2: Anytime, man.
5: All right, then, folks. Uh, all right, let's uh, get right into this here. First of all, we've talked about uh, so many people are staying at home. They don't know what to do. They just like, look, um, you know what? Just it's just craziness happening out here, but we still have some crazy-ass people, crazy-ass white people. You know what time it is.
0: No charcoal grills are allowed. I'm white. I got you, pal. Illegally selling
4: water without a permit on my property. Whoa!
12: Hey! Hey. I'm uncomfortable.
5: All right, so, brother, police officer, minding his own business, trying to go into where he lives, and he had to deal with a crazy-ass white woman. Watch this.
9: You're gonna send me a citation? I would love to see that. Obsessive support
2: and I have rear cameras on on the way. As
9: well. I beeped at you, yeah,
2: because you yeah, shouldn't like, be like trying times, to break into buildings. Break into buildings? I just showed you that I live here. Okay, but before that, I didn't know that, did I? Is it your business once again? I live it's here, so
3: it's safety of it's me
2: and my building. Well, it you is. See I have my key right here. Okay. And you're being recorded too. Good. Okay. Like That's good. Said, it'll be on your citation.
9: I'm not getting okay. a citation. Oh, no, you are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'll fight it tooth and nail. You? You're still getting one. Well, I'm not going to pay, I'll pay see it. See you in court, though. I'll see you in court.
0: Neighbor. Neighbor for failure to pay.
5: Kelly, I'm concerned about my safety and I'm accosting a cop. <laughs> I, I would think if you're concerned with your safety, you're happy a cop, You're happy to... a cop lives in your building.
9: I don't If there's one thing that white people have is the caucasity, and they want to be victims so bad for reasons unbeknownst to me, because there is no benefit to be a victim. There is no benefit being subjected to violence, subjected to discrimination, subjected to the, the notion of being less than your counterpart. So the fact that they want to be in that dynamic so badly that one, such as this woman, is willing to harass a cop. The one entity, the one job that has always had a white woman's back. Let's be real. So, to to accost one so that you can be even more of a victim than cops already see you. Like, I, my mind is blown. My, I, there are no words.
11: Damn, Marilyn, we now, we now accosting a uh, cops? Oh come on! I, you you listen to this. Sounds like this this foolishness of the lady last week when um, that that we were watching in the neighborhood that started to say that they were doctors and all this type of nonsense. The woman is said that she thought that someone dressed in a uniform was doing something. I'm assuming illegal. It's BS. Whatever the, whatever her prejudices were were pretty much played out in that video because it's hard to argue that you are afraid of anything, or that you fear? And especially, it sounds like she was a, um, a white woman, and white women oh, generally... Yeah, so she, to... Oh, yeah, so she Karen, Becky, Margaret. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they typically aren't the target of any type of police uh, force. So the notion that she's somehow afraid, but I imagine that this definitely had to do more so with the race of the officer than her fearing anything, because I doubt that she would have approached a white officer assuming that that white officer was somehow doing anything illegal. I mean, it's it's actually even counter... It's even counterintuitive. So, yeah, I mean, whatever, silly lady. But, but this whole idea, Mustafa, that black
5: people... We got. I'm telling you, this, 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 this is this is going back to South Africa and the past books, and this is going back to slave patrols. Well, you 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 got to show me your papers. You got to prove. I I I I get to ask you. That's what my man said. Oh no, I got cameras all on my car. Your ass gonna get a citation.
9: But so what papers does a cop
5: need? I, does anyone I, need? Mustafa Mustafa, it was, it was, it was crazy. Was it, was, the premise. it was crazy watching the video, Mustafa. It was crazy.
8: It is crazy. Uh, and, you know, it, it's not that far away, just a few generations away, where black officers did not have the ability to police in white communities, to arrest white citizens, even if they were doing something that was illegal. We also have to remember that privilege is intoxicating. And evidently, that intoxication. Uh, makes some people's brain begin to melt and make them think that they can say and do anything. Doesn't matter if you are a policeman or a fireman or an EMT or whatever the situation might be, you're seen as less than human.
5: The thing here is, I'm telling y'all right now, let me just go and see it. Anybody white out there, if your ass even attempt to question me about do I belong somewhere, I ain't even gonna give you the time of day. I ain't showing you a damn thing. I ain't pulling nothing out because I ain't got to prove to nobody where in the hell I live. I'm going to cuss you out. I mean, these people are absolutely stuck on stupid. They are truly stuck on stupid. All right, Malik, Kelly, up, uh, Mustafa, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Bye, guys. All right, folks, every Monday got our segment, Fit, Live, Win. Of course, we went long yesterday, so I'll push it to today. Uh, And, of course, um, what about the holistic practice? Well, guess what? We have a certified nutritionist and holistic practitioner uh, who can help folks out. Uh, And he recently helped 127 people between the ages of 26 to 77 lose 2,325 pounds during his 40-day holistic process entitled 40 Days with Dr. Joe. Now, here's another Facebook Live session coming up. In the meantime, he's with us. All right, Doc, so what is this 40-day, holi- 40-day holistic process? What is this?
1: Thank you for having me first. Uh, what it is, it's a 40-day process of taking people, educating them about nutrition, placing them in small groups, giving them the support that they need, accountability. I'm teaching live classes. We're creating a culture around them to help them break some of those habits and usher them into their best possible selves, and it's been very, very successful. And I'm glad to service the people that way.
5: Uh, and so, when you talk about that, so what does it what does it entail? Because typically, when you have these things, people focus on diet, diet, diet. So it sounds like you're not you're not focused on just on on what you eat.
1: Correct. It's not just what you eat, but spiritual and emotional things as well. You know, uh, not understanding spiritual and emotional impetus of things many times can lead to unhealthy physical habits, i.e. emotional eating, addiction, so on and so forth. So by combining those three different things in those models that I have uh, just shared with you, helps create and place people in environments where they feel safe, they're receiving education, everything that they need to get uh, the results that they want quickly. So
5: you think people make the mistake by only focusing on, okay, I gotta lose these eight pounds, I gotta lose these 10 pounds. Are you saying that there are other things that contribute to why somebody has gained weight or why they've lost a lot of weight?
1: Absolutely. Eating is a discipline. So anything that you do um, with uh, ongoingness religiously, it is a discipline and eating should be one of those things. What you put in your temple, you become that from a molecular cellular level. So by understanding that what I'm eating habitually is a spiritual discipline, it allows you to look at your diet from different lenses mm-hmm. and therefore making adjustments to manifest what you're trying to manifest physically. Absolutely. So where does one wanna start?
5: So you're talking about
1: um, um, this process. Where should somebody start? If a, if a person, two, two, two answers to that question. Number one, if a person wants to start and they don't desire to come through 40 days with Dr. Joe, the two things that they need is to select the type of journey that you wanna take. Veganism, vegetarianism, keto, it doesn't matter. But the key is being consistent in that new nutritional profile. The second place that a person can start is by not being sedentary. Exercising daily, not sometimes, but just like you breathe every day, we need to move every day. If a person does those two things and you stick with it, you will be the recipient of results.
10: And when
5: you say exercise every day, that does not necessarily mean um, lifting weights, does not mean you're running on the treadmill. Uh, And so how much activity are you talking about we should be doing every day?
1: We should be at at minimum walking. Walking is a great exercise. If you walk 10,000 steps a day, 10,000 steps a day is not even two miles. You can walk 30 minutes away from your condo, your house, your apartment. Walk 30 minutes back. It's a great time. You can uh, return emails. You can be thinking about the next move that you're trying to make, and it's low impact on the body, which means that it's not going to create inflammation that mitigates your ability to recover the next day. But we are we were made to move daily, every something. We need to do something.
5: So, and that's interesting because. It, I... I... You have some of these people out here who are fitness, who are trainers, they, they poo-poo walking. Yet I've seen other stories where there are people who said, no, I modified my meals and I walked every day and I lost 30, 40, 50 pounds.
1: Absolutely. Walking is one of the best fat burners. One of the best fat burners that we can do. Uh, the body isn't demanding carbohydrates, anaerobic, when you're, you know, high-intensity running. But it's aerobic. You can still have a conversation. And you're, you're not... It's not increasing your appetite, which can happen when you exercise a lot. So it's something that you can do every single day. Walking is great. And that's the reason why you see bodybuilders walking slow-paced things because it's a better, it's more efficient at burning fat as other types of cardiovascular-based exercises. Walking's great.
5: And is it, is it a fast pace? Is it, so, you know, you know, how should you be walking?
1: You wanna walk to where you are comfortable. You want you want it to be brisk but you don't want to get to the point to where you feel like you're jogging and what will happen is that you lose weight your pace will increase over time and what i recommend instead of just walking 30 minutes uh from your house 30 minutes back you can increase the distance slowly over time so you can increase it 10 percent every two to three weeks and what will happen is the more weight you lose the more challenging it'll be it'll be more endurance than just increasing your heart rate.
5: Hmm, that's interesting because when I talk to some people, they're always about, no, you got a high impact. You got to have your heart rate, you know, you know, at a high level, and you got to sustain that over a period of time. It sounds like what you're saying is like, look, okay, that's all good. You, you need folks just moving, getting in the habit of doing it every single day.
1: Every single day. And as we get older, our joints can't take high impact. I'm 42 years of age, and when you get to the point to where you're mid-30s, you have to tailor how you're working out. It's nothing wrong with high-impact training, but that's not sustainable to a large group demographic of people. As we're getting older, we need to become lighter, and we need to become more active. That will equate, especially when you couple it with a healthy diet, for longevity.
5: All right, then, Dr. Joe Williams, where can folks reach you?
1: they can reach me on instagram at dr joseph williams and if they're interested in the program they can go to 40dayturnup.com that 40 is the actual number four zero dayturnup.com and it's free
5: all right we really appreciate it man thanks a lot
1: thank you for having me
5: all right folks this week is memorial day weekend and on sunday at 7 p.m eastern some of some of the top folks in entertainment music and fashion are going to get together to memorialize the late Andre Harrell, also known endearingly by close family and friends as Mr. Champagne and Bubbles. Fans will be able to watch commercial-free, a salute to him, a tribute to him on BET, BET Jams, BET Soul, and Revolt TV while streaming on the Interactive One digital brands, as well as on Fox Soul or via the Fox Soul app. Uh, Folks, uh, this was a tribute that was posted uh, to, uh, uh, first of all, Babyface posted actually a video uh, where he did a song uh, uh, paying tribute to Andre Harrell. He did this when he announced uh, he was de- postponing his Mother's Day celebration because of the death of Andre Harrell. That that celebration is actually going to air. Uh, he's actually going to do that live stream this Sunday instead. Uh, but uh, the video that uh, Babyface uh, did of Andre Harrell, he actually wrote a song and dedicated it to him. Did he actually took that song and put it to pictures? And check this
0: out. I remember how you smiled I
3: remember how you laughed How you always told your truth
1: I'm not playing with the blackness
3: And you never held things back
1: I'm playing black excellence
3: How you fought for
6: excellence
3: To be black as we can be Andre, you knew who you were and I swear, if nothing else, you taught me to be me. And God
9: will remember
3: how you always gave your heart. So until we meet again, will you stay with me?
9: Say to your
7: friend. If you have you the face of life that's excellent. And most of all, powerful. I gotta say, I'm proud of you. Keep, I'm proud of you. I love you. Keep rocking. Do you like this suit? <laughs>
0: I'll
3: see you in the star. I love you, man. And I'll miss you.
5: And again, that tribute is gonna air uh, across those networks uh, this Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. All right, folks, uh, also on June 6th, announcement was made today uh, that uh, on YouTube, uh, Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez, Taylor Swift will be among those joining the Dear Class of 2020, the virtual commencement ceremony, this year's quarantine graduates more than two dozen artists celebrities and influencers will participate in the live stream set to kick off at Saturday June 6 at 3 p.m. Eastern they'll be joined by President Barack Obama and First lady Michelle Obama who are delivering commencement addresses along with BTS Lady Gaga and more all right folks we're gonna end the show with those of you who have given 50 bucks to our bring the funk fan club let's get started uh, a lot of names here folks are Al Williams Alvin Al, um, Alice R. Nelson Ruley Alicia J. Lockhart, Andre Fitzpatrick, Angel Johnson, Anissa Johnson, y'all should be playing music. Uh, Anthony Perkins, Anthony Privet, Brandon Carpenter, Brandon Pete, Cabinus, uh, Calvin Ray Stiggers, Carla Anderson, Cleveland Morrison, uh, uh, Constine, J. Jack III, C. R. Stroy, Curtis Barron, Curtis Walker, Daniel LaRoche, Denomi Brown, David, David Alexander, Dolores Rock, Drabus, Elmer Chisholm, Eric Cockrell, Ernestine Christian, Eugenia Moss Red, Unita Bethea, Felix Olabatuyi uh, Fran Owens, Gary Godwin, Gene Allen, Jeffrey Carter, Gloria Wallace, Gregory Walker, Henry Hall, Herman Houston, Honey, Ohana Taney, Jamil Davis, Janice Burney, Jason, Janice Taylor, Jason Vest, Johan, John Matthews, Joy Griffin, Joshua Sam, Just Jokes USA. We have Karen Russ, Catrice Williams, Kevin Williams, excuse me, Kevin Woods, Khalifa Naylor, Kimberly Edwards, Quionis Pugh, Leticia Sims, Betty Kirkendall, Landis Rice, Lenora Williams, Rico Longevity Entertainment, Lanisha Whitlow, Martha Machine, Machine. Maxine Gray, uh, uh, Melanine Young, Michelle Arrington, Michelle Reyes, Midtown Fire Extinguisher. Mim, Monica Alexander, Nicholas Elobre, Robert Jones, Ronald Suggs, Ronnie Byers, Sexy Swag, Shandice Jefferson, Sharonda Cohn, Shelly Williams, uh, Sherry Terry Ayers, Sharonda Butler, Spence Clark, Stephanie DeVoe, Sunita Hutnall, Tanisha Terry McClellan, Teresa O'Connor Tilt... Alicia Burnett, Timothy Wright, Tanya, Tracy Mayo, Tundra King, Yu Allen, Vaughn Morris, Vincent Phillips, Yolanda Kabarami. I want to thank all of you for giving 50 bucks or more to our Breena Funk Fan Club. We certainly appreciate it, Folks, if you want to give, join our Brenda Funk Fan Club. More than 6,000 people have joined us. Actually, I think with this list down, we probably have to 6, 6,200. Uh, all you got to do is uh, give to us via Cash App, sign, $RM Unfiltered. PayPal is PayPal.me. R. Martin Unfiltered, guys. Don't forget we need to add Venmo to that. That's at symbol R.M. Unfiltered. You also want to send a donation to join our Bring the Funk Fan Club. New Vision Media in Vision Media Inc., 1625 K Street Northwest, Suite 400, Washington D.C. 20006. So we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Folks, for all of you uh, who make it possible for us to do this show, to bring you the kind of content you're not getting anywhere else, nobody else on the digital platform is doing five days a week this kind of show. It ain't happening. That's why we do what we do. Also, you see me wearing the shirt here. Uh, I I, I don't know. First of all, I was given this shirt. I'm going to show you all of it. I was given this shirt. This is the 95th birthday of Malcolm X Uh, today. uh, I did not. uh, I don't have a Malcolm X shirt. I used to, but I got to get me a new one. Uh, and so, uh, I, and also, no, no, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. So I want you to zoom in, then I want you to, uh, then I want you to pan down. Uh, and so I was given this shirt. Uh, and as you see, you see it's black history. They took the, all the letters of these names. So Dubois, Malcolm, Ma Angelo, Madam C.J. Walker, Dr. King, Harriet Tubman. Uh, you have Frederick Douglass, Ida B. Wells, Nat Turner, President Barack Obama, Rosa Parks, Marcus Garvey. And so they took, and so I was in D.C. I was walking, I was uh, actually at the African-American Museum And some brothers were selling this on the street. So uh, if y'all watching the show, let me know. Because people keep asking me where to get this shirt. Now you can zoom out. People keep asking me where to get this shirt. And I I can't tell you. But I do love it. And so I wanted to go ahead and wear it today. Since today, of course, the 95th uh, birthday of uh, Malcolm X. And uh, also, folks, uh, they have a project called Uh, Tied to Malcolm X's birthdays. It's going to be airing uh, on on Audible. Uh, I've been doing some work uh, with them. And so uh, if you can uh, can check that out, if you go to my social media, you'll actually see we have the information uh, on there as well. It's called What Malcolm X Means. And so uh, they're also going to have something later this year where... um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is uh, pe- playing Malcolm X and so uh, you can check it out right here go take a look at it. It's called The Autobiography of Malcolm X performed by Lawrence Fishburne. Show it on my iPad please. You can check it out on Audible. So it's going to be later this year uh, and so uh, I did a video for those guys supporting it as well. Alright folks I gotta go. I will see y'all tomorrow don't forget uh, hit us up RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Join our Brenda Funk fan club. Subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, we want to hit 500,000 subscribers. We started Two years ago with 150,000, September 4th, 2018. Been growing like crazy. So go to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, click the button so you get notified when we go live with our programming. All right, folks, I shall see you tomorrow. What's today, Tuesday? Don't forget, Reverend Dr. Jackie Hood Martin has her daily, has her weekly Bible study tomorrow at noon. You don't want to miss that. Uh, and so again, turn your notification on. Uh, lunchtime, the one a Bible study with Reverend Dr. Jackie Hood Martin. Check that out tomorrow, okay, on Wednesday. All right, y'all, I got to go. Hello!
7: Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.